You are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Can you just give me a courtesy laugh, please? So, uh, no, hey, I think that Elf paints this picture uh, in this specific scene. Uh, it paints the picture of the complex nature of the holiday season. We have lists upon lists. We have activities. And we have people to do all that with. And we've all got to cram it in in some kind of uh, ridiculous amount of time in the midst of work and and all the other activities that we have to try to navigate around. And, and uh, I'd also think that his story and kind of the unique complexity of his background, which is uh, Buddy and his background and Walter Hobbs, kind of just kind of paints a picture of, of kind of like how life is here on earth. Let me just explain to you a little bit about it. In Christmas Eve, a baby boy uh, is taken out of an orphanage and he crawls into Santa's, Santa's Cla- or Santa Claus's sack and he's transported to the North Pole. And, and uh, when the, the elves meet him, they name him Buddy because, he's, because that's the di- diaper name, which is probably one of my favorite parts of it. And then uh, elf, elf, uh, Papa Elf adopts him and then eventually uh, you know, helps grow him up. And then obviously Buddy's like, different than everybody else and eventually finds out that he's human and and that's when the elf sits him down and says oh by the way you've been adopted uh, you were up for adoption and your actual dad is Walter Hobbs and your mom is Susan Wells who's no longer with us uh, and your dad works at this children's book publisher in the Empire State Building and but the bad news is this is your dad's on the naughty list and obviously just crumbled crumbled buddy but The elf said this, but I think you could redeem them. I think you could go back and redeem your dad off that list. And so I think that this story in Buddy's life just kind of begins to paint the picture of what we live in. Our families look like this. They sound like this. Uh, there are situations that are, that are just complicated. And, 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 and so with that in mind, with the, the context in which we live, uh, you throw the holidays in that, and it kind of just stirs up certain emotion. It stirs up some excitement. But for some of us, like we like to run the other way. We'd like to just hibernate for the next month. And uh, let me say it like this. I, I really think that the holidays expose what we try to hide the rest of the year. Because we're put into rooms, uh, we're put into places, and, and, and we come into uh, really uh, close enough proximity to people that begin to remind us of drama, remind, of, uh, remind us of our dreams, and remind of, uh, reminds us of death at points. Let me just explain this a little bit more uh, before we go into the scripture, which by the, way, if you have, uh, by the way, if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 2, we're going to eventually get there. Uh, drama. We willingly walk, or like begrudgingly at least, walk into small rooms with a lot of people who love you the most, but have hurt you the most as well. And I don't know if you're like me at all, but sometimes uh, being in cr- close proximity with family is not always the easiest thing to do. Anybody agree? Okay, don't raise your hand. You're probably sitting next to your friends or your family. Uh, the other thing is this is death. Uh, holidays remind us of the people that aren't in that room anymore. 
And for some of us, that's very, very hard. And it's hard to enjoy uh, the holidays and enjoy the festivities because all we can do is focus on the people who have put an imprint in our life but are no longer there. And then dreams. Uh, it's at the end of the year, and New year, as it one, one year passes, a new year begins. And as that new year begins, we're reminded of some of those dreams and ambitions that we have. And we, we start uh, brand new goals and, and, and ideas of what we're going to do this year. And for some of us, we take a step towards our dreams. But the older we get, I believe, we begin to walk away from those. Because life has this ability to just be really honest with us. And, and turn our glass that is half full into half empty. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is this, is holidays are complex. This time is complex. And for those that are really young, you may not have experienced this. I would just say that, that as you age, the, the more difficult I think holidays become. Yes, they're exciting, but they also can be very challenging. And so we as a church, what I want to do is learn the art of putting Christ at the center. And at the same time, I also want to, to, to deflect... Um, uh, receiving everything, and, and like this is like the holiday is all about us. Uh, I, I think at the same time, the question that we should ask ourselves is this: is what gift do you bring? What gift do you bring? The holidays are complex, as I mentioned this, but I don't think that they're much different than uh, in Jesus when in Jesus's day. And so Matthew 2 is, is, you have a bunch of drama, you have a bunch of death, and honestly, you have a bunch of dreams, and it's all centered around a baby, a baby named Jesus. And so if you have your Bible, open up to it. Matthew 2, it says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Now I want to focus on Team, uh, team, team Herod, uh, yeah, King Herod. Uh, and so just keep in mind, we're going to focus on some of these verses that kind of reiterate what King Herod's all about and just know that I'm skipping some verses and I'm going to reiterate some uh, in other uh, messages as we go forward. But So during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came from Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. And verse 3 says this, when King Herod uh, heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem, Jerusalem with him. Because if King Herod ain't happy, Jerusalem is not going to be happy. And we'll learn a little bit more about why that is. When he had called together, then he, what he did is he called all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he asked them, where is the Messiah going to be born? And they replied back and said, in Bethlehem and Judea. We're going to skip to seven. It says, Herod called the Magi secretly and found out exactly the time that the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and he said this, Go and search carefully for a child. And as soon as you find him, report back to me so I may go back and worship him. So the Magi went and worshipped him. And then in verse 12 it says this, Being warned in a dream to not go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And then when Herod realized that he had been outwitted, he had been tricked by the Magi, he became furious. And what did he do? He ordered a bunch of boys to be killed in Bethlehem and its vicinity two years younger and old, or, uh, two years of age or under in accordance with what the time that he had learned from the Magi. And in verse 19, the end of the story is this, when Herod had died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, get back, take your child and your mother, go back to the land of Israel 
for those who have been trying to take your child's life are now dead. What I want to tell you today is that King Herod is a complex man. And if we live in a complicated situation or we have a complicated or a complex family, it's because we're surrounded by complex people. I mean, let's be honest, we're complex individuals and Herod is, is, is no different. And let me just share why. This is who Herod was. Racially, he was Arab. Culturally, he was a Greek. Politically, he was Roman and religiously, he was a Jew. Imagine trying to balance that, which by the way, uh, I have to warn you, I'm going to geek out on Herod just for a moment. And so everybody take a deep breath and enjoy the ride, okay? Just, I'm going to eventually get to the point, but just hang tight, okay? Uh, religiously, he was forced to become a Jew because the Maccabean revolt and some of the concepts enforced him in, when he was a child, obviously, or before he was born into that, uh, into that reality. But his religious behavior and ethic at no point matched up with anything in Judaism. This is the complex reality that Herod found himself in. And so historically, let me tell you a little bit about King Herod. He was known as the king of the Jews because of ruling over that area and that vicinity. Uh, he was known as the king of the Jews. And so when he heard that there was a boy or there was a child that was going to be the king of the Jews, you can now see why he became extremely protective and worried about his power and his prestige. King Herod was very ambitious, and he was also known, known being paranoid at all times. He knew that his power and his position could be disturbed by death or drama or someone trying to usurp his authority. In fact, we know Herod as being absolutely ruthless. He was so ruthless that he killed his own family a few times. He had 15 children, and many of those children were killed by his own orders because he was worried that they would begin to, positioning, begin to position themselves to take his power. In fact, Caesar Augustus, which would be the guy over Herod, is quoted in saying, I'd rather be Herod's pig than Herod's kid. I'd rather be Herod's pigs than Herod's kids. That paints the picture of how ruthless he was. In fact, Herod had a death initiative, a death idea that, that he knew that he wasn't loved. And when he died, he wanted, to be, he wanted mourning to, ha to happen, really, mourning in Jerusalem. So he had made a plan. He had wrote, put this in writing. He had told the people in authority underneath him when he passes, they are to collect 2,000 noble individuals. I'd hate to be on that list, mind you. And brought to the Colosseum or some kind of theater of sorts, and they were all supposed to be slain the day of his death so there might be mourning in Jerusalem. How many would love to have Herod as your father-in-law? <laughs> It'd be horrible. And so this is the type of person Herod was, which, should, which really paints this picture. We should not be surprised when he began to slaughter babies, when he slaughtered the boys that were two years and younger. Now, on top of being ruthless, he was known to have an absolute brilliant mind. Herod and the gift that he brought to the world was his architectural art. 
He had dreams and hopes of making great spaces and fortresses and temples and walls. And, and he, 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 he honestly uh, loved that achievement and those kind of things. And so uh, he's known to reconstruct, and, and, again, and I'm almost done with geeking out, so just bear with me here, okay? He was known for reconstructing what is known as the second temple in the Old Testament. Uh, the Talmudic rabbis say this, one who has not seen Herod's temple has never seen a beautiful building. In fact, it was so magnificent, and there are some architectural feats that are in there that have never been even matched to this day. There is a 570-ton stone in that temple. He was a brilliant mind. He had vision, and somehow or another, he was able to accomplish things that would be difficult for us to accomplish today. Literally, there's a stone that's like 44 feet wide and 12 feet deep and 10 feet high, weighing 570 tons. He did that. And that's what he was in the business of. He was in the business of creating fortresses. He was in the business of creating walls. He was actually pretty, I think, pretty similar to what Walter Hobbes was in the movie Elf. Some of you are looking for that connection. And... You couldn't think of anything else, so I just had to throw that out there. Uh, he was into the business of living into high places and position and, and to be secure and, and, and to be safe. And, and that's the same thing Herod was. And he was known for building this one fortress that was named after himself called the Herodium. Now, this was a place where he, where he built it was a place where he, he won a battle and he barely actually lived through it. And because of the significance of the location, he wanted to create something significant so that he would be remembered for all time. But the hill that he wanted to build on wasn't big enough in his mind and his dreams and his ambitions. So what he did is he moved one mountain, one hill, and took all the dirt and the rocks and placed it upon the other one. And on top of that, he created this fortress and what we call the Herodium. And, 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 and it's an absolute amazing feat of that day and age. It was extremely, extremely large and it was extremely safe. And in fact, what's crazy about this concept or this building is Herod spent about 90% of his time here. So obviously he had some... He had a temple of his, his own and a place where he could hang out in Jerusalem. He had another place out in the desert. And he had like this innate ability to, to be able to create pools where there were no water and, and just be able to like make that happen. And so he has this amazing temple slash um, fortress that's out in the desert. But then he also had the Herodium and that obviously that's where he liked to be. <clears throat> and when we think about the story of Jesus... What's crazy about this location is when he met with the Magi, yes, he could have been in Jerusalem, but he could also have been in the, Her- in the Herodium. Locationally, it's 3.5 miles away from Bethlehem. And when the Magi came to him, there was a good chance that a week could have been that day, could have been within the month. He was back at the Herodium and the place where he wanted to defeat a child, he could see. In fact, what you see off in the distance here is in the, in the, in the foreground here is Bethlehem and there's, there's 
a place here where they believe that potentially Jesus was born and and lived and, and was loved by his parents and visited by the Magi and, and, and worshiped by the shepherds. But in that far off distance where you see that big mountain mound over here, this is where Herod sat. And I wanna bring this geeky information up to you to say this, is how ironic that one of the most powerful man, men in the world of Jesus's time could not defeat a child and he was in eyesight. And I'll tell you why. Because this world teaches us build your fortresses and build your walls and do what you want to do and you'll find peace. But in the midst of those walls, Herod still was not satisfied. And instead of stepping into the beauty of a newborn baby named Jesus. He tried to create drama. He tried to put to death. He tried to kill dreams. You close your eyes, you bow, head, bow your heads just for focal reasons. I, I bring all this stuff up because the holidays shouldn't be as complex as they are. In fact, I believe that they can be made simple. If we're people that are gonna create drama and we're gonna be people who, maybe bring, I mean, to be honest, maybe you bring some deathly scenarios into family and some of that drama, maybe it's hate, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe maybe you're, you're still dealing with the death of a loved one, which is okay, but when we, we start and just focus on that, we begin to lose focus on the beauty, new life that God wants to bring into your life. And, and, and I sense some of you walked in this place today and, 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 and there are some dreams that you've put to death and God wants to revisit and renew in your heart today and when it comes to the holidays I don't want to be an individual that's known like Herod for that drama and that death I want to be remembered just keeping it simple we live in complex situations we have complex dynamics but the holidays are meant to be simple I believe that Artemis does not start with gaining power. It's not about our ethnicity. It's not about a political leaning, cultural understanding, religious duty, or even our past. It starts with a child. And John 3.16 says this in the message version. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his only, one and only son. And this is why, so that no one needed to be destroyed by, and by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. But this is the crisis we're in. God lights streaming into the world, but men and women everywhere ran from into the darkness. And I believe before we can bring something into our complex world, we need to go ahead and submit our walls. Some of our past hurts, some of our past experiences, some of our concerns and just say simply go, God, give me a restart. Would you renew my mind? Would you renew my heart? Would you bring a rebirth within me? 
so we can walk into this holiday season no matter how complex it is but keep a simple focus and that's on the Christ child Jesus and the beauty that he brought into this world I want to pray for you today Jesus I just understand that some people came in here and they carry the heaviness of drama death and dreams but you're in the business of giving us a fresh start the Christ child is all about hope God I just sense some people walked into this place and they just need an extra ounce or two of hope some of us we need some extra joy and there's some of us that just need redemption so today God all at the same time we receive your hope and we reach out for that joy and God we ask for forgiveness and say God give us a fresh start help us put Jesus at the center of this holiday season in Jesus name Amen Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church Podcast If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are theecho.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church, to get all the details and upcoming services and events.